Welcome to the Win Daily Show. I am Sia Najad. I'm here with the Win Daily founder, Jason Mizrahi. We've got Michael Raziel doing the producing. And who cares about us, right? We've got Robert Griffin III with us. How are you, man? I'm doing great. Uh, pleasure, pleasure to be on with you guys. Appreciate you having me. Awesome, man. So listen, Robert, you know, one of the main things that we brought you on for is to talk about your foundation, of course, the RG3 Foundation, which everybody can find on Twitter, on Facebook and a lot of other um, channels and platforms. But I'll tell you what, it's interesting timing today because a lot of stuff has happened. There's stuff happening in Wisconsin, obviously. And I know just from, you know, being a follower of you on Twitter and other social platforms that you are um, kind of you, you speak out on social justice and reform and things of that nature. So I thought, okay, we'll talk about your foundation in a second. If that's okay with you, I, I just kind of want to get your reaction to what's going on today. Yeah. I mean, I think uh, you got to just call it what it is, right? You see a lot of sports getting canceled. Uh, a lot of games aren't being played uh, because athletes are realizing the platform that they have and, and utilizing that. And, you know, with what happened with Jacob Blake, uh, you know, I can't say it enough. No one deserves to get shot uh, in the back seven times uh, in front of their children, uh, regardless of whether or not they were, you know, complying with the officer's orders or not. It, that's just unnecessary. And, um, you know, I listened to Doc Rivers talk about it and how, you know, we love this country. But sometimes in the black community, uh, we feel like they don't love us back. And I thought those were powerful words. And I think athletes are taking the time uh, to kind of speak out uh, the right way. And it's not we're not just here for entertainment. Right. We're, we're human beings. We have lives. We were part part of that community. Uh, and many of us are, are part. We're part of that community embedded in it when we were growing up. So um, to see the the outpour and the reaction to everything that's going on has been really, uh, you know, for me, it's been amazing to see because it's it's what we need. Yeah, I'm curious. You know, we have what's going on today. A lot of the NBA, well, all the NBA games obviously are canceled, at least temporarily. And some baseball games have been canceled, particularly the Milwaukee Brewers game. I'm, I, you know, I'm just kind of a layperson, right? You know, you're you're the athlete. You have the platform. You have the two million followers on Twitter, and who knows how many on Instagram and all these other social platforms. So it's super easy, I think, Robert, for you to communicate with the masses. That's great, right? But for somebody like me, for example, I mean, I, I do have a platform with Win Daily, but maybe somebody that's you know just your, your average Joe or your average Jane that that wants to help, but maybe doesn't know how to. I mean, do you have any advice for that person? What what can they do to kind of force the change? Yeah, and I think that's where it starts, right? We we talk about this all the time. You know, me as an individual, regardless of what my outreach is uh, through the social media channels, I'm not going to be able to change the world on my own, right? So that's why you, I created the foundation and, and I speak out on these issues because I'm trying to just educate the masses about what's going on, about, about how they can, can help impact change, right? So a big thing that we do with the foundation is we want to be the foot soldiers, right? I put people in place to, to, to be able to, to get the funds in the right hands and do the right things with the money because people are going to wake up on a daily basis and they're going to be like, man, you know, I want to give. I want to, I want to help in some type of way. How can I get that done? Well, they don't have the time, right? They get up, they got their nine to five, they're busy, they got their kids, they got the after school things, they got the mom with the four kids going to the soccer games, right? Well, we want to be able to be those foot soldiers for you to say, all right, you don't have the time, but we do. You know, if you want to give money, you want to make this world a better place uh, for our kids and our future generations, um, our foundation is able to help you do that. You know, we... We, we help 
the military vets, right? A lot of people see me on Fixer Upper uh, working with uh, Chip and Joanna doing those things for the military veteran homes. Uh, we work with the underprivileged. We work with uh, victims of abuse. And we want people to know that their money is actually making a positive impact, right? We're not going to take your money and send it up, ship it over to Croatia or Africa and you not know what's going on. We're not going to use your money to uh, fill a payroll, right? I don't do we don't do what we do with the foundation because it's a way of life for us and how we make money. It's how we give back. It's how we want to make our communities a better place. So those types of people who don't know what to do, we want to be that for you. We want you to to give and donate to us so that we can help you impact the world. And I think the thing that people lose sight of is, although I can't change the world by myself, if I'm trying to change the world for the better, that's a step in the right direction. Uh, I think that's what you're seeing nowadays. People are just trying to educate. They're trying to give people um, a little bit of background to what has been going on for generations and generations so that they can uh, step up and, and be a positive voice. Yeah. And I'll tell you, you know, that's sort of a space, I think, in terms of getting the word out and getting information out that that there's not really a platform to talk about people like yourself and their foundations and things. Of course, you have your own platform, but we don't really talk about athletes, in my opinion, other than, you know, when maybe bad stuff happens or what, or, or maybe when it's actually pertaining to the athletic event itself. And so for me, what what, what I want to do, I think what when Daily wants to do, and of course, we've, we've contributed to the RG3 Foundation as well, and we plan to contribute more. We actually have a just FYI, we have anybody who's listening, we have a raffle going on. If you follow um, the RG3 Foundation at RG3 Foundation and at Wind Daily Sports, um, we're going to have a random draw for uh, Robert Griffin III um, signed autographed football. So, um, you know, you got to retweet the live stream for that and then follow the RG3 Foundation, Wind Daily Sports. But my point in saying all of that is, you know, I, I just wonder, you know, for the people that maybe don't have something to donate. Uh, what, what can they do? Is it, is it merely just kind of going to the foundation or to some of these foundations and just kind of doing their own research? I mean, what, what would be a recommendation there? Yeah. So the first thing I would say is, it, you know, I think we've all got a dollar, right? A dollar laying around somewhere that we can donate. And the way that I try to envision in my mind and, and how we structure with the foundation is that if a million people give a dollar, that's a million dollars, right? Yep. That million dollars is uh, that's extremely impactful. For, for each community and for the people that we would be helping in those communities. Um, so we don't want people to think that when you think donation, you have to give, you know, $1,000, $100, you know, if you want to give $100,000, go for it. And, and, we're, and we'll gladly accept that and, and use that. But um, if it's just a dollar, that's a dollar going towards a positive cause. The people who, you know, have given that dollar or have given that $10 and they want to do more, um, you can contact our foundation uh, through our email and figure out ways to be able to volunteer uh, in the community. Obviously, I'm a Texas born uh, kid and well, not born. I was born in Japan, actually, but I'm a Texas raised kid. And uh, we have our foundation center in Texas. Uh, it's based in Dallas. And then we're here in Baltimore. And uh, I've got the, you know, the executive director here in Baltimore, which is my wife, and and we can help in, in this community as well. So if you reach out to us uh, through the uh, foundation website, I think it's the rg3foundation.org, uh, we can help you and lead you in, in, in a direction to where you can help not only us, but also other foundations as well. You know, Robert, there, there's it's interesting because you mentioned the military and how your foundation specifically helps the military among other groups. And, and I'm curious because you're on an interesting platform with uh, my understanding is your your mother and your father are were army sergeants, correct? Yep. 
and you were kind of you kind of raised in in what, m what people might suggest is you know a military background, military upbringing, things of that nature. Oh, 100 <laughs> percent. So, so, so with that in mind, and knowing that your foundation also benefits the military, among other social causes, do you find yourself sort of in, in almost a fortunate position because you sort of get to speak about the social change while, you know, you, while coming from that military background? Because I think there's this misconception that, OK, well, you know, you're either you're either kneeling or you're not kneeling. You're either pro-military or you're anti-military. And, and it, you seem to be in a unique spot where you can. I mean, obviously, I think anybody who thinks about it is can be pro on all of those levels. But do you find yourself in a unique spot in that regard? Yeah, I do. And, um, you know, I, I've said this before, but uh, the people who are kneeling uh, about social injustice in this country it has nothing to do with the flag. Right. Both of my parents were, were army sergeants. Uh, my dad did 21 years. My mom did 13. I'm a military brat. I grew up in a military community in Coppers Cove, Texas. And everyone that I have talked to has no issue with guys kneeling to bring attention to the social injustices and inequality in our country right now. Um, I think you know, I think someone said it earlier today. I can't remember who it was, but they said it, it seems like sometimes we're just waiting for the next hashtag of, of what black person is going to get killed uh, unjustly. And, and we don't want that to happen. Right. Um, growing up in the military community, I did have friends who had family members who went over and fought in wars and did not come back. My own dad got stop lost, which anyone in the military community knows that's like, you know, the worst thing that can happen when you get stop lost, he was about to retire and they stop lost him, which means he had to go do a tour uh, in Afghanistan um, before he could get out. So, you know, typically that's like the writing on the wall. You get stop lost, you go over, you don't come back. Well, I was fortunate enough that my dad did come back and he got out as soon as he got as soon as he got back. And um, the sacrifices that, you know, not only the the soldiers make, but the soldiers families make. Um, to help this country be what it is, they're making those sacrifices so people can kneel, so they can bring attention to things that are not right. I think that's what makes our country so great. We're constantly evolving, constantly adapting so that things that were okay 100 years ago aren't okay today. And one area where we're really lacking is in inequality in the social justice when it comes to the black community. And I think that's, that's what people have to understand um, you know, I say black lives matter and it's not that all lives don't matter, but when it comes to human rights or inequality, it's not a piece of pie. It's not like if, if black lives matter, these lives don't, right? If one house is on fire, you put that house's fire out. You don't go spray all the other houses. They're not on fire. Right. Right. So the black community's house is on fire and we got to take care of that. So me being a military brat, I am in a unique situation, a unique position because I can kind of give people the perspective from both sides. People who don't have that military experience don't know what the soldiers feel, but I'm in that community and I know how they feel and they're, they're fine with it. They want it. Yeah. And I think at the end of the day, it's all about awareness, right? Like if, if you're aware, then you can have an educated conversation. And that's where, when I follow you on Twitter, for example, it's, it's really striking because I think almost every day you have two or three or four, you know, very motivational quotes. I'm just curious, Robert, where does that come from? Is that something you sort of always did kind of growing up and in high school? I, I know at Baylor, you weren't just an athlete, obviously. You, I believe you were class president. You almost had a 4.0 GPA. You, you, you graduated early. You were working on your master's when, when you left Baylor while you were, you know, leading Baylor to prominence, really. Um, where does that drive and wh where does that motivation to motivate others come from? Um, I think that 
you know, it has been something that I've done uh, really my whole life. And, you know, it started in high school when I first got Facebook. Uh, people don't know. I don't know if people remember, but Facebook wasn't for high school kids or any of that. When it first came out, it was only for college kids. But when I got I think my junior, senior high school, we were able to use it. And um, uh, ever since then, I've kind of just posted the positive, motivating uh, quotes or, you know, posts just to try to motivate people to be better than they were the day before. Right. So for me, um, it really comes from my faith, you know, my belief in God and and how I was raised. And you know, my mom and dad always told me when you start something, you finish it. Right. And if you if you say you're going to do something, you do it. Um, so, yeah, the, the quotes are for me. Right. I, I want to motivate myself to be better every single day. But I want people to get up in the morning and, and see something positive. Right. We, it's like you said, you don't hear very much about athletes foundations because it's always about did he make this throw? Did he make that shot? Or you hear the bad stuff. Right. You know, yep. DUI here or, you know, unfortunately, some domestic violence issue there. Um, so I want people to see something positive so that when they get up in the morning, it's not all just, you know, doom and gloom. Um, but it, it's also just uh, I want this world to be a better place. And and not every quote is the most positive thing in the world, but it's, you know, something reflecting upon life. Uh, and, and I and I get something out of it. And if I can just affect one person uh, every single day, then I think I'm doing the right thing. Yeah. And I encourage everybody not not just to follow the RG3 Foundation and to donate, which you can on the, the website, by the way, um, but to follow RG3, because honestly, it's it really is inspirational. You know, I, Robert, I, I like to do those things, too. I know Jason does, too. We're really about positivity at Wind Daily, and it's right. really kind of refreshing to have some to wake up and, and, you know, see somebody that's like constantly trying to push people forward. And honestly, speaking of that, I'm really curious about training camp right now i mean obviously you are with the baltimore ravens it's a world-class organization from the top to the bottom and i'm just curious it's it's kind of a covid pandemic situation now like how is how do you approach a training camp where you don't have preseason games and where you have to kind of worry about all of these extra things yeah it's it's uh it's kind of crazy right and i think this will this kind of piggybacks off what we just talked about um it's just another addition to the testimony right so a lot of the quotes you see me post are, are just, you know, from my own life experience, from the testimony that I have of, of everything that I've been through, not just from uh, when I was younger, but also from what I've been through since I've been in the league. Um, so this is just another chapter to that story. And, you know, I, I can't say enough uh, how great the Baltimore Ravens have been about doing things the right way, putting protocols in place to try to keep us safe. But let's make no ifs, ands or buts about it. We're in the middle of a pandemic, right? Yep. And um, it's 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 a scary thing for me, for a lot of my teammates. It's not about us, right? It's about our families. I don't want to come home every day knowing that, man, I'm the reason that my wife got sick or my daughter got sick. Uh, daughters got sick. I'm a girl dad, so three Thank daughters. <laughs> We're gonna try for a boy, but at the end of the day. I don't want to come home and, and feel like I'm the reason that something bad happened to them. And I think that's the burden that, that all of us carry right now. Because as football players, we have this like gladiator mindset, right? Uh, you can get through anything. You can push through anything. But when it comes to a pandemic, that's not what it is, right? It's just you wake up one day and somebody's got it. And if somebody in the building has it, typically more than one person's going to get it. Um, so... It's been an interesting training camp because we haven't, it hasn't been normal, but 
you can't expect things to be normal in the middle of a pandemic. So no preseason games, uh, no joint practices. Uh, so for me, it's just about going out every day and just trying to get better. Right. I think the team kind of knows what I bring to the table. Uh, I want to be a starter and I prepare myself as if I am as if I am the starter. Um, but my role with the Baltimore Ravens is to help the team be the best it can be and to help, um, you know, the starting quarterback be the best quarterback he can be. So um, I just go out there every single day, try to get better and show show my value, show why I'm here and, and you know, pray that my opportunity to be a starter will come back around. So it's interesting because you broke your finger, correct me if I'm wrong, last preseason, right? And you weren't able to play the preseason. Correct. So now you are here and you don't get the ability to play in the preseason again. I'm just curious, like you, you seem, I mean, you, you are just so positive in general. I, I, I know that just from, again, you know, social media and things of that nature, but you got to be a little frustrated, right? I mean, you want to show your wares. I think a lot of people think you're a starting quarterback, uh, right. certainly myself and Jason do. So, I mean, what, is, is there frustration there? Um, yeah, there's a lot of frustration. There. <laughs> I would say that, you know, I'm just being honest. Um, last year when I broke my thumb, I was, uh, I was devastated. And a lot of people are like, man, what are you, you know, why are you upset? You know, you, you, your spot is solidified. Um, but the spot that I'm in right now is not the spot where I want to be. It's where I'm at and it's where God has me to be in this moment. But I'm always striving for more. And I encourage everyone to continue to strive for more in their lives. But in 2018, I went in the preseason. I was out of football in 2017. And, um, you know, I played well, played really well, played a starter, starter ability. And the constant conversation was, let's OK, let's see him come back and, and do it next year. Right knowing that I was going to be a backup, knowing that I wasn't going to get an opportunity to, to play during the season unless something happened to the guys in front of me. Um, so then 2019, I was geared up, ready to go, ready to play in the preseason, and it was taken away from me. Uh, so I kind of looked at it as God saying, you know, this is where you're supposed to be right now. You know, you want to you want to draw up trade interest. You want to draw up, uh, show people that you can can get it done and, and quiet what they said that from the year before. Well, oh, he did it then, but can he do it again? And I'm like, man, it's the preseason. I'm a seven-year vet. You know, I, I know what I can do. I know I can help lead a team to victory. So this year when, when COVID hit and I knew there wasn't going to be a preseason again, uh, I just had to tell myself, don't let my frustration break me down. Use it to make me better. So that's kind of the way that I've approached it. And, um, you know, we, you know, I was able to go out and, and just practice and try to practice at a high level every single day. And only thing I do right now is prove it to the Baltimore Ravens uh, because I'm not going to get that opportunity unless something was to happen to the starter. Um, during the season. So I just try to do it, do it that way. And, and I feel like I have, and we'll continue to do it for the rest of camp and until we get into the season and, and games start getting played. Yeah. I think that's the way to do it, man. The opportunity will always come with the unknown season of COVID. If you watch what these baseball players are doing and basketball players doing, it's going to be the next man up approach. So you got to be ready and you'll be in that position to get it. And if that's not the case, the Ravens are going to be blowing out a lot of teams this year. So you'll, you'll get some of that time late in the fourth quarter where you can go out there and do your thing, man. So I, I think you guys have a, a huge season ahead of you, man. So keep doing the work, man. Nobody's watching, but have that Mamba mentality and just keep rocking it, man. Exactly. I think that's the that's the most important thing. Even when no one can see what you're doing, you still got to work hard. Yeah. Um, the Ravens are a phenomenal organization, right? They have a lot of respect across the league. And I think if I've continued to prove it to them for the past three years that I can get the job done, that that's going to go a long way in helping me secure the opportunity that I'm looking forward to in the future. So, Robert, you've proven it. OK, I mean, clearly you've proven it over the last you know seven, eight years. But what about 
let's say the undrafted free agent that that's in camp right now. I mean, there, there's a guy named, I, I believe his name is John Daka. He's a outside linebacker for you guys. Yep. It's like six, four, two twenty, a menace on the field, super talented. I bring him up because he went to James Madison, which was my undergrad. It's a D one double a school. So, you know, those guys don't really get the looks that maybe some of the D one guys do that, for example, went to Baylor. So I'm curious, you know, when you are around those guys, are, are they already kind of like exhibiting their frustration too? Because they don't get a preseason either. I mean, at least in your case, you've kind of proven it and you don't necessarily, now you, you want to prove it to yourself more, of course, but you don't necessarily need to prove it as much to the coach as the undrafted free agent, for example. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say, I, I agree with what you're saying. I know what you're trying to say. I'm just going to come back and say like our job every day is to just prove it, prove it, prove it. It's a little bit harder for the undrafted free agents because they don't have the preseason games because practice is one thing. When the bright lights are on, the game is going, it's another thing. And I think that part of it, they will miss out on. But, uh, you know, a guy like Daka, he shows up on tape, you know, he's fast, he's explosive off the edge. And uh, I think they have to utilize practice as much as they possibly can because the guys who have played have the tape and they have the trust of the coaches. Um, the good thing for this year is that there are 16 guys that are going to be on the practice squad. So um, that opportunity will still be there for them. And as you said, you know, with the way COVID's going, you know, you don't want to wish that on anybody, but it seems like there's going to be situations where it's going to be next man up and you got to be ready to roll. And those guys might be those guys. They'll go straight from the practice squad to the active roster and, um, you know, they'll have their opportunity there. So one thing I always say is always be ready. You do not want to get that call and not be ready to roll. You know, a uh, quick story. When I got signed by the Ravens in 2018, I was uh, I was on the track in Orlando. I had moved from Fort Lauderdale to Orlando and and they asked me to come work out. Um, I was in great shape. I had been throwing for a while. And when I went to that workout, they said, man, it was like riding a bike. And I just told him, I said, I wasn't going to be the reason. You know, I might have never got that call. I might have got the call three years later. And they're like, hey, can you can you play? And I was going to be ready to go as long as my heart was in it. So um, I just tell I try to implore those guys to never let your frustration break you down. Just let it motivate you. And when you get your shot, don't let up. Yeah, and I, I saw firsthand evidence of that, Robert. You know, I, I saw you working out a little bit in the Fort Lauderdale area, you know, a couple of years back, and you seemed like you were ready and you were geared up for that phone call. And I literally saw it and it, it was really refreshing to see. So listen, we have some rapid fire kind of fun, like get to know you questions. But before we get there, it is NBA season now. I know we have the boycott going on right now. It looks like things will resume in the next probably couple of days with the NBA playoffs. You grew up more a basketball player than a football player. I'm curious, did you have anybody you looked up to? I got Magic Johnson pictures in my background. He's a little bit before your time, Robert, but was there anybody when, when you were in middle school and high school that you were like emulating from a game standpoint? I mean, the, the obvious answer is Michael Jordan. I, I, I grew up in that time, the like, like my kids. So uh, people notice when I throw the football, my tongue is out. I mean, that's just from what I saw, right? I just, I wanted to be the greatest basketball player to ever live. And then I stopped growing. So I just stuck with football. Uh, I had offers from, uh, Florida, Baylor and Nebraska to play basketball at high school. So, you know, I, I, I saw that through and I just realized, you know, I'm six, I was six, two at the time. I think I might've grown a little bit, but I'm six, two, I was six, two at the time. And I felt like that was the perfect height to play quarterback. And, uh, I went with that, but you know, this year, uh, I mean, it, it's hard to go against the Lakers, right, um, with LeBron and AD and, and what they've been able to do. But if you watch the, the playoffs and what's been going on, 
inside that bubble, I mean, it's incredible. It's anybody's night, right, with the way that they're shooting right now uh, in the NBA. And, you know, I feel like we're, we might have to start examining moving the three-point line back. These guys are shooting <laughs> everywhere. But uh, it's been fun to watch, honestly. And I think uh, the fact that, the you know, just bringing it back to what's going on in the world, uh, the fact that they canceled all those games and the athletes stood up and said, we're not going to do this, uh, I think that uh, speaks volumes about where our country is headed. Um, and I think that the athletes can can be a big part of leading it in the right direction. That's awesome. Um, so here we go, Robert. Are you ready? Because we have some uh, we came up with some rapid fire kind of get to know you questions. And this is it's going to be fun. Are you ready? Let's do it. All right. So here's the first one. Where do you keep your Heisman trophy? Ooh. <laughs> My Heisman trophy has actually for the past, what, nine years uh, been with mom, mom and dad. So nice. I don't keep it with me. Um, I gave it to them. You know, they helped raise me, put me in a position to, to be the man that I am today. So they have it. All right. So we often, and part of the reason we sort of, you know, conceptualized Robert, you coming onto the show is we, you know, me and Michael Raziel, who co-host the show uh, during the week, we uh, kept saying three and RG3. And then this just kind of moved into this thing where we looked into the RG3 foundation and here you are. So, but the point is, I kind of want to ask you a, a couple questions in threes, right? So three favorite movies off the top of your head. Okay. My favorite movie of all time is John Q, uh, Denzel Washington flick. Um, Man, I'm not gonna lie, guys. I'm a I'm a Moulin Rouge guy. It's an incredible movie. You know, <laughs> all right. Very, very bad storyline, but I liked it. I don't know why. And um, man, third movie would probably be Gladiator. There you go. That's a good one. If that's not a peek behind the curtain, Moulin Rouge. <laughs> I don't know. That's fantastic. All right. Um, three musical artists you'd want to hear in the locker room right before a game. Hmm. Okay. Or bands, whatever. Yeah. I'm a little, I'm a, I'm a different cat. So I, I don't always listen to up the upbeat music before games. Being a quarterback, I try to like to mellow out and chill. So um, I'd probably first would be Fred Hammond, you know, a Christian artist. Um, then Drake. And uh, last, man, I don't know. I might throw on some T-Pain, you know, just. Okay. My vote would be yeah, Ray Lewis coming in there. My role would be Ray Lewis in there preaching, man. When that guy talks, man, I just want to run through a wall, and I'm 5'10", buck 90s. <laughs> That's the dude that – I would love to see him coach on the sidelines, man. That guy's got so much passion behind anything he does, and he knows the game like a quarterback, man. I think he's a quarterback on the other side, man. Love seeing him on ESPN doing everything that he does, man. Yeah, Ray's great. He, he comes around the team and talks to us also. So anytime he gives a speech, you're locked in, glued in, watching everything he's saying. Scary dude, man. I wouldn't want to yeah. see him chasing you. No, no, I played against I played against Ray. You know, great player, great player. Luckily, he didn't catch me. So. <laughs> <laughs> Track star. Uh, okay, so rank the following candy bars: Snickers, Kit Kat, Twix. Ooh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Snickers, Twix, Kit Kat. That's the right answer. Wow, good job. Right. <laughs> um, this one might be a little difficult. Robert sure. Griffin the third. Three favorite sitcoms as a kid. Ooh, as a kid. Now, no, let me qualify that. Not not as like a little, little kid. Okay, I'm like, like okay, you know, <laughs> the Turtles, you know, Dragon Ball Z. Um, yeah, I mean, still, Dragon Ball Z would still be number one for me. Um, I'm a nerd. It is what it is. I accept <laughs> it. Um, I would say after that, 
be like a, a two slash between like the Jamie Foxx show, Martin and uh, the Wayans brothers. And then the third, you know, like I said, I'm a little weird. So I'm a little all over the place. Third would be friends. So, you know, you I'll nice. be there for you. <laughs> That's very well-rounded. Okay, so the, does the person in the middle seat get both armrests? Um, if I'm in the middle seat, I'm taking both armrests. But if I'm but, not but in the middle seat, no, I'm in the armrest. So but Robert, I'm for being honest, you're literally never in the middle seat. So like, <laughs> <laughs> Typically, the person in the middle seat gets both armrests because they're in the middle seat, right? They're in the seat that no one wants to be in. So, all right, interesting. Okay, better pet, cat or dog? Dog. There you go. Obviously. Okay. So I got three more, and then and then Jason, <laughs> and then we're gonna close this with uh, Jason's got a question for you too. Um, yeah. Better superpower: being invisible or flying? Man, that's a good one. That is a very good one. Um, I'm not a creep, so I'm going to say flying. Uh, being invisible is, is a good one, though, right? Imagine if I was invisible at quarterback. Oh, oh my man. gosh. That would be incredible. If you're flying, right, that would be awesome. There's, 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 there's probably no better superpower than flying. I think that's well, what we all need to do. Uh, I got to be honest with you, though. Uh, that is the wrong answer. It was. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, true or false? Kids are smarter than adults. I want you to have the current climate in mind, please, when you answer that question. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. That's As a kid, you're you're innocent. You you haven't learned uh, biases or stereotypes or prejudices or any of those things. Uh, you haven't been scarred by certain things that have happened throughout your life. Um, so I think kids they they love more freely. They love more naturally, right? They don't know that the stove is going to burn them, so they just ah, let me touch it, you know. And there's a certain beauty to that. And I think as we grow older, sometimes we lose sight of that, right? And um, we got to get back, try to find a way to awaken that inner child in us so that we can love more freely and not hold things against people. I love that. Okay. And here's the last one. Favorite flavor of ice cream? Strawberry. Oh, what? Yes. I'm a strawberry guy. My wife is chocolate. I mean... Of course, but uh, I'm a strawberry. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. Uh, okay, I mean, strawberry is is definitely not the right answer. It was well, either chocolate or chip. Chocolate chip. Okay, I can see that a little chocolate chip cookie dough. Not mm-hmm. bad. Strawberry is better. Unfortunately. So listen, we Robert. First of all, um, thank you for coming on. Um, Jason has a question for you that we ask it, you know, when daily, you know, we, we kind of make sports picks and daily fantasy football and stuff like that, but we interview a ton of people like executives, not just athletes, executives, athletes, you name it, just kind of people in, in society that are very influential like yourself. So we kind of always have the same question that we always either start or or end an interview with. And Jason's going to queue it up for us. I got one question before that has popped in my mind. We were talking about Ray, when you are on the field or throughout your career, what guy lining up on the defense were you most not not fearful of him, or you watched him the most, or you were most careful around him when you were playing against that guy? Was it Ray, or was it another linebacker, or was it a cornerback? Who was it? Was it? Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm not I'm not afraid of anybody, but uh, it was you know when I first came in the league, the cool thing was these guys that I was 
playing, you know, playing on Madden with, I was now going against them. Yep. So, I mean, I walked into the the Washington team locker room and I saw Chris Cooley. Uh, Portis wasn't there, but he was in the building. Uh, Santana Moss, uh, London Fletcher, all these guys. I'm like, I was starstruck. I didn't tell them that, but I was <laughs> starstruck. I'm like, yo, this is incredible. So actually, when I played the Baltimore Ravens for the first time, I got to play against Ray and Ed Reed. Ed Reed. And, uh, Ed was probably the guy that I was the most glued into where he was at. Because the one thing I did not want was to be on Ed Reed's highlight tape. So I got him a couple times, though. So Ed's, Ed's actually on my highlight tape, but not many people can say that. And uh, he's a phenomenal player. You know, one of the greatest ever, if not the greatest ever. So I think I, I, I paid attention to where he was at. Uh, I think Tom Brady wrote on his on his wristband one time, always find where Ed Reed is uh, because he was that much of a, of a difference maker and a playmaker. Now you now you made me force me into another question. I think Brady's gonna have a good year. I think he's actually gonna have a chip on his shoulder because some people like myself think Belichick had a lot to do with it. Great system, you know, great organization. What do you expect out of a guy like Brady this year? Do you think he's gonna go out there and put up big numbers, or do you think he's gonna struggle with a new team, new organization, and just you know some new defenses? Um, I think it'll be a little abnormal for him. Uh, I don't think his season will be abnormal. And the reason I say that, um, you know, I'm not an analyst or anything, but when you look at them on paper, uh, offensively, they have way more weapons than he's ever had. Exactly. I wouldn't say ever in his career. You know, of he had course, do it. Yeah. But but for like the past five or six years of his career, they've got way more weapons on offense than he's had in a long time. So when I see that, I'm inclined to say, I mean, God, just throw it to this guy and throw it to this guy and you'll be fine. Yeah. So I don't know. When we play them, you know, our defense is phenomenal. Our offense is you were going to ground and pound and and throw it over your head. So I'm not really a fan at that point. But it'll be interesting to see what he can do with the amount of weapons that they have. And he, I mean, he got Gronk, the People's Champion, to come out <laughs> of retirement from the WWE back to football. Like I mean, I've never seen anything like that in my life. You know. Nah, so I hear, I hear you on that. So my last question, the question that CU was kind of getting to, you know, the reason I, I formed the brand, obviously I got a passion for sports. I got a passion for fantasy and everything around the sports game. But I wrote a book called Win Daily, and it's more than just a brand around sports. It's kind of like the mindset you have. You wake up every day and you put out three or four tweets to push yourself, hold yourself accountable, but then on top of it, motivate other people. That's kind of like the Win Daily mindset that I got is every day I got to try to touch people, motivate them, get in their ear, you know, try to get them to their best. What's your win daily mindset? What what kind of, you know, mindset do you have and you wake up with every single day that pushes you to go hard or have that mamba mentality, whatever you want to call it? What is it for you? Uh, for me, it's, it's not the desire to prove people wrong, uh, but it's the desire to prove myself right. I think uh, when you're intrinsically motivated to do things a certain way, you can carry that motivation more often. Right. We all get a little bit of juice when someone tells us we can't do something, but that can't be all of your juice. Right. You have to find something within you that's going to motivate you and push you to be the best version of yourself every single day. That's not always going to come from an outside influence. It has to be in here. So in 2017, when I was out of the NFL, uh, I was throwing footballs at palm trees and my wife said, 
why are you doing this? Right. I was running on the track. He's like, why are you doing this? You don't have to do this. You have enough money to, to retire and, and live well for the rest of your life. Why are you doing this? And my answer back to her was, I want to end it on my terms. Yep. I don't want it. I don't want it to be shut off for me by someone else. I want to end it on my terms. And I think that's the approach I take every single day. I'm not going to be the reason that I don't get an opportunity. I'm not going to be the reason that uh, my life doesn't turn out the way that I want it to turn out. So every single day, I'm going to find that one thing that I need to get better at. And that's going to motivate me to be the best version of myself every single day, whether it's being a better father, being a better husband, being a better teammate, being a better football player, uh, you know, giving more back to my community, whatever that little thing might be. I'm going to use that as motivation every single day to get better. 100%, man. That's awesome. So listen, uh, Robert, we'll, we'll close with that. I do want to kind of get you on closing thoughts on the foundation and, and, and again, just kind of directing people to where you want them to go um, just in general with respect to the RG3 Foundation. But I also want to to those who are watching, just a reminder, if you retweet the live stream and you follow at RG3 Foundation and at Win Daily Sports, you are going to be eligible for that giveaway that Robert from the third signed football so uh, please go ahead and do that. But Robert, any closing thoughts? Like, I mean, whether it's about, you know, social justice or whether it's about the RG3 Foundation or kind of however you want to close it, um, I want you to have the floor. Yeah, I'll touch on all that. I think, um, you know, first and foremost, I want to say that there's there's two ways that you can get in contact with the foundation. You can go to the foundation's page, which is rg3foundation.org. Uh, you can click on the donate button if you want to donate or you can email us if you want to f find a way to, to, to uh, volunteer in some capacity. The other way is to go to rg3sports.com and click on the foundation header on there. And you can see all the initiatives that we're working on and what we're what we're trying to do to impact the community on a positive level. Um, right now, our foundation, we're 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 offering shirts like the one I have on right now. that say be the change. Uh, I can't breathe. We're offering wristbands. Uh, and, and masks so people can, can stay safe out there. And all the proceeds from the sale of those items are going to go back to the foundation and into the community. And as I said at the beginning of this uh, conversation, that money's not coming to me. It's not going into my pockets. It's going back into the communities that they need to be in, uh, whether that, like I said, that be military vets, uh, victims of abuse, uh, the underprivileged, or going into our communities and trying to actually impact change so that some of these social injustice and inequality is eliminated. Um, my, my encouragement to everyone is to understand that it is important to vote, right? It is very important to go out and vote, but it's not just important to vote for the president of the United States. It's not just important to go vote along party lines because a lot of change happens at the local level, right? You got to vote for your mayor, vote for the, you know, the governor, vote for uh, the city council member, because those are the people who have the opportunity and the ability to change the things that are going wrong in your community. Um, so I want to encourage people to, to go out and do that. Um, join our family, allow us to be your foot soldiers so that we can go out and make change in this world. And the bottom line is it takes money, right? It takes money to make change. You know, it sounds cliche, but it's the truth. And if you have anything to give, we encourage you to give it to us so that we can go out and put your money to work to make this world a better place. Uh, when it comes to the injustices that are going on right now uh, and that have been for generations, honestly, it's not just this year. Uh, it's just come to a head this year. And I think people are are finally fed up with it. It's a combination of people being in, inside 
for the majority of the year. It's a combination of people not having anything to do. But I'm not going to complain about it because it's something I've been working on for eight years since I've been in the NFL uh, about trying to make positive change so that somebody's son, someone's daughter, no matter what color they are, don't end up being a hashtag uh, and don't end up being killed unjustly. So when it comes to Jacob Blake, as I said, no one deserves to be shot in the back seven times in front of their children, no matter what's going on. And I'm very proud of my colleagues for standing up uh, in the NBA, WNBA, MLB, for standing up and, and taking a stand and saying, we're not going to entertain uh, the masses when things like this are going on in our country. And uh, we're better than that, right? I mean, are we not Are we not better than what we, we put out there? Uh, you know, my, my wife is, is European. She's from Estonia. A lot of people don't know where that is. It's right next to Russia, in case you were wondering. And a lot of times America gets laughed at by the outside countries because we preach freedom. We preach, you know, the land of the free, the home of the brave. And then we have things like this that happen, right? We're going over to other countries and trying to encourage them to be democratic and encouraging them to not mistreat their people, but we're mistreating our own. And I think it's uh, it's time for us to no longer be hypocrites. We got to address this. And I think that everyone is seeing that. And I see you guys shaking your head because it's it's the truth, man. It's just we got to be better. We have to be better. We are better, you know. Um, and I think that uh, conversations like this are going to head us in the right direction. Yeah, and I, I genuinely think it starts with conversation, which leads right. to awareness, which leads to foot soldiers and contributing dollars to things like the RG3 Foundation. And so, you know, Win Daily doesn't, you know, do charity work per se, but we want to we want to be in that space as well because, right. yeah, I think I think the country and the world kind of needs it. So, you know, we have you on today, but we plan on having other athletes on to sort of you know speak their truth or their message or, or whatever the case may be, so that we can kind of consistently inspire change within sports. But but then, of course, outside of sports as well. So I just want to thank you, Robert, like just from just from the Wind Daily team, Jason Mizrahi in particular. You know, we loved having you on and we to the extent we can help the foundation uh, more so than we already have in the future. Please don't hesitate. And we're happy to be your foot soldiers and we're happy to contribute in whatever way we can. Yeah. One other thing, too, man, I think, you know, RG, we see you playing on the field. We see you. We don't see enough of this from the athletes. You know, every time. I see a conversation like this, like real talk, like this is just you on your couch, me on my chair with my laptop out. My daughter's sleeping. I put her to bed a little bit early today. I'm a girl dad too. Like to see this side of the athletes, it shouldn't take something like this. This has happened by luck. Like we were talking, you were talking to see your wife was talking. We set this up and it happened to hit on this day, which is just, uh, I was texting them off air before. I'm like, yo, what's the odds that it happened on when all this stuff started brewing this afternoon but I said it's a perfect opportunity to talk, and these real conversations are the conversations that you see every side of the story. And, yeah, I've been to a lot of different places in America. They laugh at us, man. They laugh at us because a lot of things. It's just so much between the education that we preach, that we have the best education. And I go to other countries. I've been to Spain. They know more about politics and U.S. politics than my friends do in New York. It's just like it's all – I wouldn't say it, it's – it's fake, but there's a lot of stuff that can be more real. And that's the way I look at it. And these conversations, like I would love to continue these conversations because I'm learning about you and I'm learning. And I feel like a lot of other people will learn that athletes have more than just one skill, which is throwing a football or being super fast and super athletic. 
right. now you're starting to see more with you know certain athletes speaking up and it's sad that it took this far because a lot of the you know the media is always trying to find you when you went oh from 10 from three or when you fumble a ball twice or you did a, a buck fumble like mark sanchez you want to get a mic in front of his face like you don't want to get in front of him when he has a foundation or he's trying to do something better or he's uh, he's got a family of three daughters running around and he's taking care of them and making sure they're going to educate it. So like we need to see more of that. So like from the athlete's perspective, that's something that I feel like athletes like yourself who, you know, are about this positivity, the more you can do from this side of things before something happens next, the better, man. Yeah. And I, I appreciate you guys seriously. And, uh, you know, just to, to piggyback off of that, it's like, um, you know, I learned a long time ago that people don't want to allow being real to get in, in the way of their money. Right. So, yep. yeah, there's there's going to be more clicks when you talk about the butt fumble. There's going to be more clicks when you talk about this guy getting in trouble. But it, it's not it. Not everything is bad. Right. Yeah. People don't watch the news for good news. They watch the news because they want to see what the heck happened today. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of how we've been programmed in America to, to look at things that way. But there are people out there who are doing great things. Right. I feel like I've done more um, throughout my whole uh, life as an as an athlete. I've done more off the field to impact change than I have on the field. And that's talking about at Baylor and Washington here in Baltimore or whatever I did in high school, because uh, as an athlete, you get the platform. And then it's a matter of what do you do with that platform? Do you just make money and pad your own pockets or do you make money, pad your own pockets, and give back and impact positive change? And I think that's kind of where I've been uh, in that place of knowing that if I don't use my platform for good, uh, then I'm not I'm not maximizing it. So I thank you guys for allowing me this opportunity and this platform to maximize it and and just to be real. Like you said, people think of us and they think that, you know, I'm on a boat somewhere, you know, getting a massage and, you know, flying in helicopters everywhere. But that's Odell, man. That's Odell. <laughs> <laughs> I to work every morning just like everybody else and i drive back home and i spend time with my family and yeah it's the same thing like, like kobe man like you didn't see like that whole side i've heard so many stories since his passing of all the things he did and he did him and he purposely said i don't want any media coverage on this i'm gonna go speak to this kid who's in a hospital who's gonna be you know passing sometime soon he just wanted to do it because he wanted to do it and we need more stories even seeing the last dance with mj like you yeah. see, like, he, he, the only time he had for himself was like maybe an hour in a hotel room before he went back to sleep. So, that whole side of an athlete, you never really see. And during this quarantine, you get to see some of, you know, some pauses from some athletes that are going on and, you know, getting mic'd up and talking about different, you know, situations it was really big to see. That was the one positive that came out of the quarantine and COVID was you're seeing another side of media where you can't go to ESPN. You're just sitting home and you're talking like real talk. So, I hope more athletes take advantage of that during these off seasons, man. Yeah, I appreciate you guys. You guys are a big part of the conversation, so I uh, appreciate the opportunity. Thanks for coming on, Robert. We really appreciate it. Later, brother. Have a good season, bro. You get that shot, man. Let's do it.